Live from the Great White North, this is the Canadian Investor, where you take control of your own portfolio and gain the confidence you need to succeed in the markets. Hosted by Braden Dennis and Simon Belanger. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Canadian Investor. I'm Simon Belanger, joined by my co-host Braden Dennis. Uh, well, first of all, uh, my apologies for not bringing you guys uh, an episode last week. So that was all my fault. I was under the weather, uh, was not feeling good, but you can rest assured that uh, it's not COVID-19. It was unrelated to that. Uh, but uh, we're back and we're going to be talking about waste connection and waste management today. Um, before we get started, Brayden, how's it going? I'm good. It is so nice out right now. I'm up at my cottage before I have to head back into the office eventually. And Man, it is like 27 at the lake today. That's degrees. Oh, obviously, this is a Canadian show. Um, it's great, man. It's great. And this should be another good episode. Last week we did, or not last week, but two weeks ago we did Dollarama and Dollar General. This week we're doing Garbage, Waste Management, Inc. versus Waste Connections, tickers WM on the New York Stock Exchange, and then tickers WCN on the TSX and the New York Stock Exchange, Waste Connections is dual listed. It's a Canadian company, but most of them do almost all their business south of the border. Obviously, Waste Connections has a big presence in Canada as well. But did you look what the geographic breakdown is in terms of revenue for Waste Connections? No, I didn't. I uh, didn't go into that much detail. I know, like you said, they do most of the business uh, in the U.S. and. Uh, Part of it in Canada, but obviously uh, we're the uh, the little brother over there. But uh, I'd have to dig in a bit more. Unfortunately, I don't have that. It's all, it's all good, dude. You uh, you were doing the homework today, reading through their conference calls, or sorry, listening to the conference calls on their uh, latest Q report. What were your main takeaways? What did you find out? I know we talked a little bit before the call, and uh, you had some good insights. Yeah, so it was really good. I mean, I'm not an expert uh, in waste collection by any stretch of the imagination. So there was a lot of common themes that I found in both conference calls. I did not have the chance to listen to all of it, but I went through what they were saying and some of the uh, analyst questions for both sides. So I did get a good idea of what management was saying. So for both of them, they do have some commercial but also residential business. They also both own land fields, so they do get revenues from all of that. Uh, the common theme was that commercial business was obviously down if businesses are not open um, they're not using their services as much um, waste management did mention that they're being very flexible with uh, its commercial partners allowing deferral of payments um, and things like that uh, waste connection uh, had the same type of thing in terms of saying that the commercial business was down and residential for both sides was up in terms of uh, the overall all uh, business I think waste connection was a bit up in their first quarter uh, but they did see um, their revenues go down by the end of the quarter like a slowdown in revenue waste management there was a slowdown in revenue but again mostly related to COVID-19 um, from what I could get both companies at least what they're saying on their conference call they were very supportive for, to employees uh, waste management uh, guaranteed all its employees 40 hours a week during the COVID-19 
pandemic. Uh, they did remove uh, any overtime in order to ensure that all employees get to work 40 hours, but also reducing their costs by doing so as well. Uh, but they wanted their employees to know that both companies have paid sick leave for employees, waste connection, also mentioned that they were offering paid leave for employees to uh, take care of loved ones so their employees don't have to decide whether they need to come to work and be sick or choose between coming to work and taking care of uh, loved ones. So um, those were really interesting things for both sides. Um, in terms of, uh, well, I'll probably come back a little uh, more uh, through their conference call, some of the details I got, but those are the main lines. Um, actually, one last thing I forgot to mention when we were talking before that is uh, they actually, both waste connection and waste management, they get revenue from the recycling that they do. So both of them mentioned that there was pressure on some of the uh, raw materials when they recycle and they resell that. So they saw pressure on those margins over there. So what that means is when they recycle, for example, certain metals and they're selling it um, the value of those uh, commodities went down so obviously they were making a bit less money so those were the big things i noticed on the the conference call sure thing that's that's very insightful thanks simon so let's get an idea of what we're working with here so i mean pulled up the nyse version of wcn so that we're comparing u.s dollars to u.s dollars here waste management trades for 42 billion in market cap and WCN Waste Connections trades for $24 billion in market cap. So uh, for argument's sake, it's roughly twice the size. Waste management does, however, three times more in revenue. So you can already see from a valuation perspective, Waste Connections is trading at a much higher premium of 41.5 times earnings. That's a price-to-earnings ratio. And Waste Management at 25 times earnings from a price to sales ratio 2.7 on waste management and 4.4 on waste connections so for a lot of things valuation wise waste management you're looking at roughly double and the reason for that is waste connections has been an absolute powerhouse in the acquisition space so I mean, you're paying up. We talked about this a little bit earlier, Simon. I think these business models are absolutely incredible. I'll start with that first. You are collecting revenue on collecting garbage. You are now collecting a commodity that you can make another uh, stream off of. Uh, you have the transfer stations. You're basically collecting revenue on all facets of the business model, which is just incredible. So they are very, very good business models. And it's been fragmented. And that's where Waste Connections has really, really been aggressively buying competitors and consolidating the garbage space, garbage and recycling space. And they have done incredibly at it. So to give you an idea, Waste Connections has a 10-year compound and annual growth rate on their revenue of just north of 16% and just north of 17% on free cash flow. And they have been an absolute dividend growth monster. Uh, 10 years ago, the dividend was $0.05 cents a share, and it is currently $0.67 cents a share. So in 10 years, they've more than 10 x the dividend. Um, 
it's uh, it's it's been a really good run for them. They've seemed to have the secret sauce in terms of acquisitions. I don't know what their business looks like organically. Uh, their annual report would have some sort of organic growth metrics in there, but this is a primarily growth by acquisition story. Waste management, on the other hand, is a bit of a slower grower. Um, you know, they haven't exceeded a ten percent revenue growth on on a ten year financial statement here that I'm looking at. Um, that being said, it's been a dividend grower. It's been a free cash flow generator. Um, and it's a very good business model and you're paying a much less premium for slower growth. Me personally, I'd, I'd rather pay up for the growth, but it's important to mention, this is a growth by acquisition story. So what does acquisitions look like? How much of that industry is really left unfragmented for them to take advantage of? Um, and, and Simon, you had mentioned potentially a slowdown in acquisitions because of COVID. Yeah, that's what they mentioned in their um, during their conference call that they uh, were, they, uh, Waste Connection still had some talks with uh, current acquisition targets. Uh, they did mention that it could slow down some of their acquisitions by at least three months, potentially more. Um, they also mentioned that they will reduce capital expenditure because of the current situation. That was also something that Waste Management did mention in their, uh, their conference call. Um, and uh, so, yeah, they, the Waste Connection mentioned too that they would be opportunistic. So that's actually their word. I wrote it down because it's like, oh, yeah, that's, um, that's I think, encapsules it uh, quite well. Um, so they'd be opportunistic. Um, I may, Waste Management sounded like as well they'll be opportunistic uh, for acquisitions. They have one that will be closing later this year, uh, Waste Management. I can't remember what the name of the uh, company is. I thought I uh, wrote it down, but I guess I forgot. But they have an acquisition that's closing this year that will probably help their revenue a little bit. I don't know how big of an acquisition that is, uh, but it is uh, facing regulatory um, scrutiny in terms of approval. They did not seem too concerned about that, though, when they uh, they mentioned for, uh, for for waste management. So that's going to be something to look at. In terms of dividend, uh, Braden did mention that. So both of them, their dividend is well covered by free cash flow. Um, looking at their most recent statements, but even if we look at last year, um, waste management was covered at about 35-40% and waste connection was covered at about 20%. So that means they both have a lot of room to play with when it comes to their dividend. Waste management mentioned that their dividend is, you know, they don't see any uh any of their dividend going away for the rest of this year. So that's good news. They did mention, however, that they uh, stopped their buyback program at the end of March 2020, uh, their stock buyback, mainly because of the uncertainty. I think that's a really good move. Um, Waste Connection, um, I can't remember if they said they would continue their dividend, but I really can't see them cutting their dividend. It would make no sense. They seem in good shape to, to keep growing it, or at least keep it stable at the very least. Um, they... I think they uh, they haven't mentioned anything in terms of stopping buybacks, so that would be the only thing. I think to me it would just be prudent right now, um, even if they could afford it, just from a 
you know, the way it looks to people, it's not a, a good optic to continuing to do share buybacks while a lot of companies are struggling, a lot of people are. Um, just from an optics perspective, um, it'll be interesting to see whether they do buybacks or not. Uh, but that's kind of my two cents on those. Um, did you want to talk about the balance sheet, Braden, or do you want me to talk about that? Um, yeah, you can go ahead. I, I have another statement up so I can pull it up. I was just going to say, uh, performance-wise, five years, waste management has done around 100% in five years, which has been incredible performance. Uh, WCN, on the other hand, even better uh, with a 166% gain over five years uh, as of today's close. So you can get an idea, just trying to paint a picture in your guys' mind of, of when comparing these companies, I look at these as, you know, a much smaller, faster growing, but trading at a much higher multiple valuation wise compared to a bigger, slower growing, potentially more well-established business. I mean, both of them are very well-established. They're, they're big, big companies. But uh, just to give you an idea, and, and Waste Connections has just been such an incredible performer for a lot of TSX investors. And uh, I've never owned the stock. I think you're paying up for uh, for for safety and i'm interested to see before we talk about the balance sheet simon what your take is on that because i look at this company and i think you know big institutions uh you know people holding for clients are buying something like waste connections or like waste management for pure safety from from a lot of perspectives, the business is garbage. Like garbage is not going away. There's nothing more safe from a business perspective, business model perspective than these business models, garbage and recycling. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, recession or not, if you're seeing influx of capital go into certain businesses because of that safety and you might be overpaying for it if you're, you know, if you can stomach a little bit of volatility uh, to find something that has higher growth or similar growth at lower multiples. And I, I wonder if, if you look at it the same way, because I know I do. I look at something, you know, north of 40 times earnings for fast growing, but not as fast as other things that are in that space. And, you know, are you paying up for safety here? Uh, yeah, you probably are. I know uh, Waste Connection has been pretty highly valued for, for quite a bit, though. I've had it on my radar for, for a little bit, it seems like, and uh, the multiples have always been pretty high. Um, yeah, I, I don't sure. mean, I mean from COVID. Are... I don't mean from COVID. I just mean from, you know, it's recession-proof as, as you could possibly think, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can even see it like I kind of see those a little bit like infrastructure companies because it is when you think about it, you can make an argument that it's part of the infrastructure when you think about it a little more. It's not like it's not a road. It's not, you know, things that we normally associate with it. But yeah, reality is they have businesses they do be business to business. They do business to, um, I guess, governments when you look at municipalities for the most part um so 
like they mentioned, at least uh, in both conference calls, um, yes, their commercial side has gone down a little bit for obvious reasons. Um, if people are not doing as much construction, if businesses are not open, if they're having trouble paying their bills, obviously it's going to affect what they're doing in terms of payment. But then they have the residential side that's doing quite well. So in terms of businesses being safe, you're probably paying a bit more for that safety. Even waste management, I mean, the multiples are lower, but they're still not cheap in terms of the growth that you're getting. So you can definitely make a case that you're you're paying a bit more for safety here. Okay, yeah, for sure. I, I totally agreed. And, and I just want to harp on that in comparison, like from my own opinion, is waste management at 25 times earnings for a garbage, no pun intended, 3% compounded annual growth rate on their revenue is just not even at all exciting to me. Um, And that's where I look at this and go, people are paying for that safety and yeah, they'll grow their dividend a lot over the next 10 years and, and more to come beyond that. And uh, both of these companies will. So I'd be owning them both for dividend growth here. I'm not going to give away what my pick is yet because I think we'll do that at the end. But uh, waste management looks super expensive compared to its growth um, at 25 times earnings and just very meager, meager growth on top line free cash and earnings. Uh, is just something I would never personally touch. I'm giving away hints here. <laughs> Do you want to uh, talk about the balance sheet? I'm seeing here uh, both really solid balance sheets, as you could imagine. Uh, waste connections with you know just a little over a billion in current assets and a little over six billion in current assets for waste management uh, being much much bigger. Uh, total assets of 27 billion compared to. 13 billion. So again, on a lot of metrics, you're looking at it as, you know, twice the size in comparison. Yeah, that was my like my reaction too. So when we were looking, I remember uh, last time we did Dollar General and Dollarama, um, there was some pretty big differences when it came to balance sheet. But these two are very similar. Obviously, waste management is bigger, so everything's a bit uh, a bit bigger in terms of numbers. But there's you know I don't see really any red flags from either side. Uh, their interest payments are well covered by um, their revenue and their gross profits, so it's not. Um, you know, it's not cause for concern for me. Um, so yeah, they're look, I, yeah, I really don't see much of a difference. Um, in terms of overall, I mean, I guess we'll give our pick uh, towards the end, but um, yeah, I do have one that I prefer a bit more, so I won't uh, give too much uh, <laughs> until we get to that. <laughs> well, I don't know what else to talk about with these companies, so how about we get to it? I will start first. Waste Connections is a company that I have wanted to purchase. It's been on my watch list basically forever as a TSX. Uh, you know, I studied the TSX at, like a lot um, just because I try to gain some sort of insight from my customers when there's tons of analysts south of the border on U.S. companies. So uh, that's that's where I really focus. And Waste Connections has been something that's been I think super expensive and that's why I haven't paid for it. 
And it's one of those things where you're just going to have to pay up for quality. I think it's an incredible company. I think they have the sauce when it comes to acquisitions. There's just some companies that know how to make incredible acquisitions time in and time like over decades. Like it's not like they made a couple good acquisitions. Its management has demonstrated decades of tremendous acquisitions. And even if organic growth is in the low, you know, 5% or lower, it still seems like a consolidated space with tons of run room for waste connections. And I just don't know why someone like waste management is not aggressively pursuing acquisitions because that has clearly been the play for investing capital in the garbage space. So uh, without a doubt, I would be purchasing waste connections over waste management. I don't know if I'm purchasing it here. It seems expensive, but at you know 17% free cash flow growth, you are going to be paying those high multiples, you know, north of 30, sometimes north of 40 with a lot of the, the software companies, you know, Constellation growing, uh, Constellation software growing free cash flow, like 25% a year trades at 80 times earnings. Um, and it continues to just go up and up and up. So it's a long way of me saying WCN is a tremendous company for TSX investors. It is a dividend growth monster. And, you know, it might look expensive here, but 10 years out, you might 10x the dividend and you are going to be laughing. So that is my uh, that is my take. I am curious what the acquisition stories look like moving forward. And if I owned a position, I would be able to tell you the ins and outs of what that might look like. I don't currently. So that's why I don't own it know what you own. It's literally the most important part of investing. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I got to take WCN here, man. Absolutely. Without a doubt. What about you? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's not an easy choice. Um, I would say if uh, you're a retiree and you're looking for income, then like hands down waste management, I think is the, the safer bet here um, because your dividend is quite higher. They're still increasing it. Um, it's safe. It's going to be more steady than waste connection. The upside might be a bit higher for waste connection. Um, if I were to start a position in waste connection, though, I'd wait until the end of this year just to see what happens with all these acquisition and the uncertain times. Um, I'd be very interested in seeing maybe they'll get some really good deals and they'll be able to boost their earnings because companies are just struggling and they're able to pounce on it and just acquire and get some even better deals. Um, so I'd probably give it till the end of this year just to see what happens. If I'm a retiree, like I said, I would go for waste management. It's a 2.2% yield versus 0.8% for waste connection. So that makes quite a big difference. And you're you're much higher than the different treasury yields as well in terms of bonds, if you're comparing to that. Um, so I guess, yeah, it really depends what you're looking for. Um, if I were to choose, given that it's more established um, right now with the uncertainty, 
I would probably choose waste management, but again, I think I could probably make an argument for both if I kept going. Uh, but definitely, if you're looking to invest in these companies, uh, do some more digging. So just make sure you look at you know what percentage of their business are U.S. versus Canada, what percentage is commercial versus residential, uh, what their margins are, whether we didn't go over the uh, return on investment, uh, invested capital, or return on equity. Uh, if I remember correctly, waste management does a little bit better on that but you'd have to dig in a bit more uh in those metrics which only did a high level um yeah so i mean i guess i'll pick waste management but i think it's almost uh yeah it's almost a coin flip for me to be honest so we're two for two with different picks let's see how long we can go on this <laughs> i love this this is what's amazing about investing right we both have very similar investing styles we both in a way, like a lot of the same companies. And we have two different uh, outcomes on both of them. I've taken the Canadian pick both times. You've taken the US pick both times. Just saying to all of our listeners here, who's the, who's the loyal one? Just kidding. Um, it's really hard to go wrong. What you said about the retirees, I agree with you. Waste management, I look at it like a stock bond, what Buffett was describing in uh, a book called Buffettology that's not actually written by Warren, but is basically uh, you know all the learnings of, of Warren and a lot of his uh, investing checklists and that kind of stuff. It's called Buffettology, if you ever want to read it. It's a, it's a great book. And he talks about stock bonds or like a company that he looks at Instead of collecting, because Warren has been very vocal about not liking bonds. He's been very vocal about it. And he has these stocks that he buys that he looks at that are very safe, will pay you a yield on on your capital there, aka a dividend, and will be comparable rates to a T-bill So and is very, very safe, very, very stable. Waste management is like the exact fit to that. And I think that's why it trades at 25 times earnings for a company that's growing revenue at 6% a year is a good year. Like that's, to me, that's not great. And, and, and to anyone, that's nothing to you know write home about. But that's why is because you get that safety, you're going to get that dividend that's going to continue to rise. It's going to you know, perform at least market average. And that's where it fits in a portfolio. Like it has a it has a definite purpose. Waste Connections for me as a long-term investor, I see way more upside there. Uh, so, you know, this is one of those situational picks um, and really depends on your portfolio and, and you. So Simon, let's talk about what I'm really excited about introducing drum roll, please the Canadian investor podcast index. So here's the, here's the rule. Go to getstockmarket.com right now at the bottom. There's a form you type in the ticker. You write why you, you're going to give me a stock pitch of why you would take this ticker and we are going to see all the companies that come in 
and we are going to create the Canadian Investor Pod Index. And we are going to, every week, talk about its performance. We're going to backtest it, and we're going to give you the results. I'm going to probably do a whole episode on what the picks are. This is super exciting. I'm, I'm excited to see what all of our listeners are investing in, uh, why they're investing it in it, that thesis more than anything. And don't give me 80 pages worth to read because that's boring. But, you know, maybe a paragraph or two why you want why you like this company what their prospects are talk about the valuation um and we are going to create the index and report on it and we can, I can probably put this on stratosphereinvesting.com as well and it'll be a little bit of a community thing so uh Simon am i missing anything on the Canadian Investor Pod index and we're going to create another episode a little snippet, a little five-minute thing to talk about this. But getstockmarket.com, you put it down there, you give me the lowdown. Am I missing anything, Simon? Uh, no, I think you, you went over it uh, pretty well. So I guess that, uh, that must be it for this episode then. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. We have a couple more Canada versus U.S. comparisons to get in the mind of what we're thinking when we look at you know two competitors um, and one that's listed in Canada, which is always nice to have that option and invest in, in CAD on the TSX. So, as always, go to Get Stock Market. But this time, I want you to pitch me your favorite stock. And, Simon, is this Canadian companies only? Or no, 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 everything, right? Yeah, yeah I everything. think everything. Yeah, everything. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, no, there's no, no point of Why not? Yeah, yeah. Don't limit it to that. The TSX. Okay, how about this? I hope North uh, American. I hope no one puts. I hope no one puts luck in coffee in there. They're about to be delisted. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's that's another thing in the news right now. Right, is is the Chinese potential delisting? All right. So, any stock in North America? Let's say in North America, it's got to be on a New York uh, on the NYSE, the TSX, or the Nasdaq. Uh, maybe even the ventures. Who cares? Give me it. I want the I want the pitch. We will track that. We will give you the complete lowdown, and we will see you guys next week. The Canadian investor is not to be taken as investment advice. Braden or Simon may own securities mentioned on this podcast. Always make sure to do your own research and due diligence before making investment decisions. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Canadian Investor. To get a list of the top Canadian dividend stocks right now and other valuable investing resources, go to GetStockMarket.com.